0: Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Time now for the WEEI Producers Show on WEEI. WEEI.
2: And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app.
3: Good morning, Boston. This is the WEI producer show right here on Boston Sports Original, WEI. Shime and Lanny with you on this cold but relatively nice Saturday morning. No Garvin today. Lanny, how are we doing? What's going on? No not Garvin.
4: Much,
3: that's why it was so quiet in here. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> uh, shockingly. Quiet. Yeah, I was kind of surprised at first
1: how quiet it was. <laughs>
3: Normally when I walk in a room, it's not very quiet. And it's funny,
1: too, because all the time it's, he's like, I'm not going <laughs> to lose my mind. And he loses. I'm not going to lose my mind. at about 8.04 is when you know the toothpaste is out of the tube
3: bleep hits the fan yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> everything goes awry Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. if you want to be on this morning three seven. if you want to contribute via the text line uh, we're going to try and hit on a little bit of everything today pats bruins celtics maybe even a little red Sox. um but i want to start with the new england patriots billy because you you said this to me before the show and you're absolutely right there is like Zero buzz, nothing
1: for this game. No excitement, nothing. I mean, I'll watch it. I'll be you know rooting for them to win. But there's no, it's not a conference matchup. It's not a division matchup. It's just you and the Commanders.
3: Yeah, it's <laughs> a two and six versus three and five. Right. It's not even like a you're rolling it at six and two, just gonna roll over the Commanders, stomp on through. Is it a
1: trap game? No, no, no. Right. Oh, well, maybe like ooh, maybe they're a good game. Maybe maybe they're a good team, and you can you know. Cause a couple headaches. No, this is just kind of... This is just a football game.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, at least with the Bills game, there was a little bit of buzz, and right. then you got such a great football right, game. Right, you can
1: get up for a divisional
3: matchup. Yeah, absolutely. In a game like this, though, it's like, I, I think Sam Howell can sling it a little bit, but, like, I'm not getting my panties all in a bunch because uh, Sam Howell's come to town. Right, exactly.
1: Like,
3: it, it's you, you find yourself in a weird spot, and there's not even... There's not even, like, superstar receivers on the other team. No. It's not even like, ooh, I get to see A.J. Brown this week or Tyreek Hill. No, No. we
1: know what the Patriots have, so at this point it's almost like, whoa, okay, who are they playing? Okay, who should I be watching for? (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't exist this weekend.
3: No, there's no no what to watch this weekend. There's no who to watch. It's just uh a... a big pile of work Just
1: an excuse to watch football. Yeah,
3: it's 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 kind of ugly and
1: like it's work. <laughs> this this is this Patriots game this weekend is officially like okay, this is part of the job. The first I time to-
3: I tell someone I have to go to work and watch football,
1: I actually mean it. You're right, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> but you look at the the rest of the slate of the games. Like it's you got Miami and Kansas City right away at 9:30 playing in Germany. That'll be a good, uh, cool precursor too for the Patriots to play in Germany uh, next week against the Colts. And then at 1 o'clock, you get uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the Seattle Seahawks. Should be a great game. 4 o'clock, you get Dallas and Philly. Should be a great game. And then the nightcap, too. Buffalo and Cincinnati. So it's like a great slate of football, which puts the Patriots even farther on the back burner. Right. Because I see all these other great games. And I'm like, oh, I, I want to watch those.
4: Yep. Yeah, remember when they were on the front line for all those matchups? Well, yeah, that's right. because
3: they had Tom Brady. They had the, they had the ultimate, like... Uh, the ultimate moneymaker, the ultimate primetime guy. It, it was Tom Brady because no, at no point were you ever below 500 with Tom Brady right. in,
1: in week eight. Brady was always must see TV.
3: Yeah, I mean, there was a point in time
4: and he was Taylor Swift before Taylor Swift was cool. Mm, all
3: right, let's relax. Taylor Swift is great. <laughs> uh, but
4: 804. All right.
3: <laughs> Taylor Swift mentioned 804. Nice. Uh, put that on your bingo card. Uh, but with Tom Brady, like it. Even in 2019, 8-0, but he was the most miserable quarterback right. in football. So there's there's some buzz. Like with this, it's just Mac Jones stinks. The offense stinks. I, the defense is fine, Art. but there's just so many injuries. Right. It's just there's you, – all, you, all your stars are gone. It's Judon, meh, he's out, injured. Christian Gonzalez, he's out, injured. Kendrick Bourne, your best receiver, meh, he's out, injured. What, what do you do? Right? How do you get – as a fan, how do you like just – how,
1: how do you watch this game with any self-respect? Right, exactly. And that's the thing, too. It's just, I, this Sunday is a day where it's this Sunday it's like, ah, there's a game on. It's just kind of there. Yeah. And that's the worst part about it because you, you don't want to be a Patriots fan thinking like, all right, I'm watching it just because it's on. A
3: lot of the times with the Red Sox games, that happens just because there's 162 there's a of them. Right. So you put it on in the background. You're doing stuff tank. around the house. It's fine. This is one of the first times in forever for me, it feels like it's a fish tank Fish tank Patriots yeah, game. It'll be where on. it's just bubbling in the background and peek my head in a little bit just to check. Ooh, I hear the announcers
1: yelling. Right, right. You're futzing around on your phone and that's exactly it. You wait to hear something that you know, makes your ears perk up, and you look up at the screen to see what it was.
3: Yeah, I'll have uh, I'll have Red Zone on the iPad, but I'll actually be watching Red Zone right. until something happens. Red Zone will show it anyways, but like it's it's just one of those game. It's like that Jets game last year where it was three to three until the final twenty seconds of the game where they punt and Marcus Jones takes it to the house. Like it's just, it's hard, man. It's really difficult right now to get up for any of these Patriots games, and I want to. I want to be invested in this team, but at two and six. I heard Mike Lombardi say this on the Bill Simmons podcast: like a lot of teams that are bad, you can you can be okay with it because you see a future, right? Right, like a team like Carolina. It's like, yeah, they're one in six or one in seven, but you see Bryce Young, you see potential there. It's like, okay, I see the plan
1: with the New England Patriots. I Nothing's don't see developing. a plan. There's nothing. You, you're not watching anything develop.
3: Yeah, there's no rookie quarterback still trying to figure his way out. Mac right. Jones has been here now for two and a half years. He sucks. Like. That you're not. You're not going to Bailey Zappi. He stinks too. You're not going to Malik Cunningham because apparently he can't run an NFL offense. Right.
1: It's just and nobody else wants him. There's twice. No, That's There's twice no... that he was out there. They're like, nah, you guys can have
3: him. <laughs> and, and then he run a couple package of plays. I'm going to get sacked here. Zeke's just going to take this one to the house. Like it's just. It's so hard, as a football fan and as a Patriots
1: fan, to be okay with where this team is right, right now. You're the Lions. Yeah. It, or what they were. Oh God. What they used to be. Because wanna... even the thing is too is like even they weren't playing well. You had Christian Gonzalez out there that you could watch. You could see him develop. You yep. could see what he turns into, and then that was taken away. You could at soon.
3: least see Matt Judon make a couple sacks in a game, right. and get you
1: amped up a little yep. bit.
3: You, it's just there's no there's no star buzz. There's no potential. It's just all kind of flatlining, and yep. it's it's devastating too. When, especially when you look at the the scene of Boston sports right now, where the Boston Bruins. Uh, are a, in my opinion, a major surprise in how dominant, they or not dominant, but just good that they are How been. well they're playing, right. Yeah, it's, you've expected this massive drop-off. You lose Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno get dealt away for cap reasons.
0: Throw the cap off the cliff!
3: Thomas Noshik is gone. Like, you have a couple new defensemen in here, really. It, it's just... And yet they keep mo- they keep chugging along. David right. Pasternak still one of the best players in hockey. Matthew Patra slides in. Doesn't matter that Patrice Bergeron's gone anymore. This nineteen-year-old's
1: stepping right in his shoes. Yeah, there was no adjustment period. Not I figured you would lose veterans like that, especially those kind of veterans out of your locker room. That there'd be some kind of like I don't want to say an identity crisis, but let, what are we now? Yeah, and, and there and- wasn't that. At all so far, with there's this been a
3: perfect transition into Brad Marchand as the captain of this team. They they've gone longer this season without losing in regulation than they did last season, and we know how historic of right. a season last year
1: was. Yeah, last year was nuts. it,
3: it, it is, it's just remarkable. And then you look at the Celtics, and the Celtics are an absolute force. Right, like the, all the the six best guys on that team are legitimate starters in the nba some of them superstars chris stops porzingis looks awesome drew holiday is head and shoulders better than marcus yep. smart ever was and ever will be right. and i love that and this team just has a different energy than they've had the last couple of years so it's hard to see that and then the changes with the red Sox. right craig Breslow's is now the gm you guys had him on your show earlier this week yep. uh, they're at least starting to move in the right direction, at least we hope. We want
1: to believe that they are.
3: Right, there's yep. there's there's potential in the future there. Yep. Again, it's just, with this Patriots
1: team, it seems like there's no potential in the future. Right. Yeah, no, you have nothing to, like I said earlier, you have nothing to look for. You have nothing to, there's no players out there that you're like, all right, let me focus on X and watch how they develop. Watch how they do this. You know what I mean? There's nothing there to other than being a fan, to draw you in to watch this team. At this point, you just like want them to lose and get the higher draft pick. It's like... Ugh, I hate that. Exactly,
3: I, I, And I know you do, and that's kind of why I bring it up. It's like, there's nothing else to root for. No, I get it. Your, your playoff hopes it. are shattered because there's no way in hell that you're winning seven, or I mean, that's assuming you can get into the playoffs with nine wins, winning seven of your last eight or nine games, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And... So you're at a point where it's like, okay, I can't go on a run to get to the playoffs. Now what do I do? I have to sit around and hope they lose games in order to get a better draft pick so that I can actually get a quarterback in here that I can like hope and dream about a little bit and get excited about. It's just you put yourself in such a crappy spot. And at the trade deadline, you do nothing. 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 You don't add to the team to try and be better. You don't deal guys to try and get any draft picks. Devin McCourty said um, on the Greg Hill Show this week that he's kind of more in favor of signing the established nfl players and and building teams that way and he thinks people get a little over juiced up about draft picks which right. i get I, I you know i'm a, a draft I'm kind of in
1: that boat cuz as me is like first and foremost i'm a fan of the team yep so it's it's tough for me to say here sit down on a sunday and go all right let's lose this one because of potential yeah you know what i mean you don't know what you get in college you know you you, you you there's a ton of swings and misses when it comes to drafts and, as, as, and at as, least with that with that mentality it's like all right, maybe I'll invest in this player that I know can do this and do that. You know, it's it's for me. It's always been tough. Maybe because I've never been a huge college football fan, I've never really yeah. been invested in the product. Just because, just the area I grew up in. Yeah, this college football is just not big. Up it's here. not, a, you know what I mean. And my father wasn't into it, so I didn't get into it. Yep. You know, so for me, it's always been about the pro level and you know using pro level talent to build your team. And
3: it's 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 funny because like as as a draft nerd myself or yep. self proclaimed uh, better mock draft this year than Mel Kiper just throwing that out there. Regardless, I, I am generally more in favor of the draft picks, especially when. I'm not convinced
1: that those guys that you would have traded away are going to be here next year anyways. You're, so for you with draft picks, is it just the value of the draft picks or is it actually using them? Do you like you look for draft picks in the sense that this person, I can draft this person or I can flip these picks for... Established.
3: No, I, so, I, I mean, you, if you can flip picks for established players, great. I just, outside of first-round picks, I, I feel like it doesn't happen enough gotcha. uh, in order to do it. So, for me, it's I, I think right now one of the best ways to build an NFL team is to have a good enough front office that you can recognize talent in the third, fourth, and fifth round, which this team has not done. Right. They've missed way, way too much in those middle rounds. And so, my thing is, is a guy like Kyle Duggar and Josh Uche and even Mike Onwenu, guys that – like yeah they'd be nice to have back here but are you are you going to be willing to pay them which right. you haven't really shown the the willingness to pay anybody so if you can just deal those guys away for second third fourth round picks and kind of stock up and give yourself as many opportunities to hit on those young inexpensive mid-round players that to me is more valuable than a two and six
1: team at the trade deadline doing nothing plus it gives you something to watch development like we come back to that what can this person become what am i seeing from week one to week two from this person that is putting me in a positive mindset about him and his future and this future of the team exactly um i'm not following you i know
3: yeah i'm sorry bill it's you know i'm i'm just i'm going from a different perspective than some sometimes uh but it's just it, it you find yourself in this weird spot that the New England Patriots have never been in. This nope. is not something we've de- I've dealt with in my entire life. Like I understand that they were really bad in the in the '90s and earlier, and before then, uh, I wasn't really alive for that. My first Patriot memory is um the, is really like this t- 2001 Super Bowl. Right. Like I can remember watching, you know, staying home from sick, and like NFL films will be on, right. and you watch like that '95 Super Bowl with Bledsoe versus the Packers, and and all that, but. I was I don't I mean I was like 3 years old when right. that happened. So I don't remember the actual game. My first real memory is sitting around and watching that 01 Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so in my lifetime, in my sports fandom lifetime, this team has never
1: had been so hopeless. Right. Right and it's amazing too cuz that was 20 years. 20 years you didn't have to think about anything when it came to that. You could just be a fan and know that your team was going to be productive and worth watching. Yeah, and with Tom Brady
3: there was always hope. Right. And, and then even the season Tom Brady was out injured for an entire season due to a torn MCL or ACL, uh Matt Castle comes in and it's that 07 team coming off such a devastating loss but they're so talented you go 11 and 5. Right. There was you were pushing for a playoff spot the entire time and you just missed. Right. And so uh, again, this is the first time in over 20 years where there is zero hope. Last year, you only, you were like a game away from the playoffs. Two years ago, you made the playoffs. You got steamrolled there, but you but got there. there right. And then the year before with Cam Newton, at least you were like competitive and fighting for a playoff spot. It's just now it's, He might not have been good, but he was fun to watch, Cam Newton. Uh, and he was an amazing you personality. Know? Right. So it, it was f- fun to hear him post-game and with the Greg Hill show yep. and those things where now it's just... There's no personality. there's no juice. there's no hope no there's nothing and,
4: and like and, even in losses you were entertained. there's nothing yeah. entertaining about this season like right.
1: losses are making you angry now. yep. Before it was just like, ah, all right. They Now, it's now you now people are getting pretty
4: angry actually. With Cam
1: losses. Newton, you have
3: a chance to beat the Buffalo Bills and he fumbles inside the 30 yard right. line. Whereas now you're getting steamrolled by Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints 34 to yeah, nothing. You'd
1: kill to get inside the 30 yard line. Holy smokes.
3: Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety-three seven. If you want to hop on the producer show this morning, three seven ninety-three seven. If you want to text in Shime and Lanny with you, no Garvin today. Here is Joe Braverman with what's tra- trending.
0: Now, here's what's trending on WEEI.
4: No, Garvin, mean there's no, it's quiet background for this trending update. Final injury report has come out as the Patriots get ready to host the Washington Commanders. Receiver Devontae Parker has already been ruled out via the concussion he suffered last week against the Dolphins. Calvin Anderson has also been ruled out and he was also placed on injured reserve due to an illness. Trent Brown, Devon Gotchow, and Tyquan Thornton did return to practice yesterday in a limited fashion. Those three are questionable for Sunday, along with Christian Barmore. Jawan Bentley, Farrell Brown, Jonathan Jones, Vidarian Lowe, Josh Uche, and Dietrich Wise. Coach Belichick talked about how he prepares for Washington's quarterback, Sam Howell. Throws the ball to all the receivers. Um, Gets the ball out quick, pretty athletic kid, tough kid. He's been sacked some, but he's he's tough. He stands in there, makes some tough throws. Been a lot of close games. You can see his poise. Looks like he's gained a lot of confidence from his teammates earned it so that's pretty impressive here. Speaking of Washington only one notable injury on their injury report their second leading receiver Curtis Samuel has already been ruled out with a toe injury and commanders kickoff from Gillette at one in the afternoon tomorrow. The Celtics return to action in Brooklyn tonight against the Nets to start their group play of the NBA's in-season tournament. The Seas go into tonight at 4-0 and are the last unbeaten team in the league following last night's loss to ...by the Dallas Mavericks. Tip-off for tonight is 7.30. The Bruins are also back in action at 7.30. They are on the road in Detroit to face the Red Wings. Off the ice, yesterday was announced that defenseman Charlie McAvoy... ...will be appealing his four-game suspension for his illegal hit... ...on Panthers' Oliver Ekman Larson earlier in the week. In Red Sox news, Justin Turner, as expected, declined his 2024 player option earning himself about a $7 million buyout and will become a free agent. Also, pitcher Corey Kluber will also hit the open market after the team declined his $11 million team option. And last night, Boston College football knocked off Syracuse in the Carrier Dome 17-10. Thomas Castellanos gave the Eagles the lead with 2 minutes and 23 seconds left in the fourth quarter on a 7-yard touchdown run. Now at 6-3 and three, and a 3-2 and two ACC conference record, BC will welcome Virginia Tech a week from today. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's training on WEI and WEI.com.
0: Hey, Mel, Bry here. Gotta work from home today, cause
3: the
1: whole family caught a nasty.
0: Daddy. Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl.
1: But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding.
0: Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget as soon as... What?
2: Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian.
0: This is the WEI producer
3: show right here on Boston Sports Original. WEI 617-779-7937 if you want to be on with Shime and Lanny this morning. No Garvin. He's got the week off. 37937 if you want to text into the show. Billy, I'm going to read you a 617 text for you. Hey, Shine. He put like spaces in between my name. That's kind of that kind of looks cool. Uh, the shine is starting to come off. Caleb Williams. If they lose against Washington tonight, there's a true possibility he falls in the draft. I like Drake May. If the Pats are about the fourth pick in the draft, which I think right now they're slated at five, so fourth is reasonable. Who are your top four quarterbacks coming out? I wanted to just hit on this real quick because I feel like it's important. Uh, I haven't done my uh, combine draft tape study yet, uh, not to sound like a total and
1: utter dweeb. You're into it, dude. Nerd alert! It, don't, nerd alert! Yeah. Don't apologize for being into massive it. Massive nerd alert. But you anyways, can, You're into it can balance out me not being that into it. Perfect, yeah, that? with a good balance.
3: <laughs> so I, uh, I haven't done my deep dive yet, but uh, as of right now, Drake May is the number one quarterback on my board. Uh, I like Drake May more than Caleb Williams. I just think Drake May, his floor is higher, and I, I I think his ceiling is almost equally as high. I just think he's – I think Drake May is going to be freaking
4: awesome. I'll just give um, you some names, Sean. You got May. You got Caleb Williams. I, hey, 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 I, 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 got, I got my top
3: four, Joe. Relax. <laughs> he's got his list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me. I've got my list. We can't I've cross got,
1: lists. So We're going to confuse ourselves. I
3: could rip through like six or seven just because I haven't done my deep dive yet doesn't mean I haven't watched any. Right, right, Just right, making right. sure you
4: always got that combine hat on. Uh, doesn't
1: does mean he hasn't dived, dove into it
3: yet. As I said earlier, better mock draft than Mel Kuyper, so suck it. Uh <laughs> – I, so yeah, so, Drake, <laughs> Drake made number one on my board for sure. I'd probably I, Caleb Williams would be my number two. I think right now my number three. I'm a little bit higher. I think than some. I, I really like Michael Penix. I just I think the ball pops uh, off his hand. He can just he can push it. He's like. It reminds me of Bruce Arian's version of Jameis Winston without all the interceptions. Gotcha. Um, So, like, 5,000 yards and, like, 30-plus touchdowns. MVP-type season. Yeah, yeah, but not 30 30 (laughs) interceptions. Just as many INTs. Yeah, Penix can just... He can push the ball down the field, which I really like in today's NFL, too. I think is really valuable. And then Bo Nix uh, would probably be number four for me. Um, He's kind of Jared Goffian, but more athletic. Like, even even if it's almost like Mac Jones on steroids, like I, I think he can make any of the throws Mac Jones can make. Plus he can kind of, uh, move a little bit and improvise at, at least a m- tiny sliver of a bit. Uh, and then I, I like JJ McCarthy. I think the NFL in general, like guys like Mel Kuyper or Daniel Jeremiah, might be a little bit higher on JJ McCarthy than I am. I think he's fine. I don't love him. Uh and then the other name that's gonna get tossed out there a ton is Shadur Sanders because it's Dion's kid. Uh he was popping off at the beginning of the year for Colorado. He's pretty good. I don't I
0: do not understand what's going on with quarterbacks in the NFL these days. I,
3: I don't I don't hate Shadur as a prospect by any means, but like I don't think at this, at least at this point, I would be using a first. Would you want? Game. Would you want Sanders with Belichick? No,
1: no, no. I, I just don't think it would work.
4: I, Talk I, about two contrasting personalities. That's there. what I'm saying, right? It's yeah,
1: like this guy had his dad who was prime time. Well, so <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I don't think that that would be the issue. Like I think, I think, I think Shadur
3: learning under a guy like Belichick wouldn't be bad. Right. I just don't think the offensive system that Bill Belichick. This seems to want to run because it's like the same bleeping thing, whether it's Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia, shockingly enough, or Bill Mm. O'Brien would fit Shader very well. And I don't think the Patriots, at least at this point, and it kind of leads into another conversation that I want to get into with you, uh, are willing enough to change their philosophies when it comes to the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's not going to suit a lot of the guys that um, may be lower on the draft board. So one of the things that, that has bugged me the most is the, is the Patriots' inability or unwillingness to kind of adapt when it comes to offense in the league and, and personnel, especially on the offensive side. Is there any fear that Bill Belichick is done after this year? Uh, we had a caller on. He dropped. But, like, is there any way that Robert Kraft is just like, I am done with this. I'll, I'll pay the rest of Bill's contract. I don't care. Send him out. Like, is there any way
1: Bill Belichick is the head coach of the New England Patriots next year? Yes. I 100% believe he will be. I also it comes back to look at all the injuries he's dealt with. You know, this is what Belichick has had to work with this year with this person being hurt, this person being out for the year, this person missing time. I think this is something where Kraft would be like, all right, let's reset, let's see what we can do, and then if we can get these guys back, I'll give you one more shot at it. So when it comes to the draft, here's my question for you. Depending on where the Patriots pick, do you think it's a quarterback regardless so um, say they have like a top. Say they end up. Where are they right now? You said they were a five. Pick? I believe they're fifth. Either they're fifth, fifth or sixth, sixth. All right. So if I'll you're a t- if you have one in somewhere in the top five, do you go quarterback? And then if it's anything below five, is it still a quarterback? So if you're top five, you have to take a quarterback. You abs- yes. Yeah, so
3: the New England Patriots are picking currently at number five. If the draft was today, um, you have to pick a quarterback. Yeah. I, I don't think with the class but that's that coming out,
1: you have to. But let's just say just say you have Belichick and you know Belichick's history, uh, does he move down? For, no, no, no. And so I don't think Belichick moves down. That's
3: the good thing. The good news for you is if you're in the top eight, I don't think he moves back. All right. Um, unless there's like a clear opportunity to take advantage of someone. Right. I don't think he moved back. Um I actually think if you're in the top eight, there's a higher chance that you move up than you move back. Gotcha. Um, Just because Chicago's going to own two of those picks up there, there's a chance Arizona owns two picks in the top ten. So uh, there's going to be teams that are willing to move a little bit. And so I think in – inside the top five, I think Belichick will draft a quarterback. I think you kind of have to. You're at a point where, again, like I said, Chicago's going to own two of those picks in the top five, most likely, which means that there will be one quarterback taken, but the other one will be a position player, whether it's Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State or uh, Olu Fashanu, one of the tackles out of uh, Penn State. Uh, Joe Alt is the other tackle um, that's really at the top of everybody's boards. So uh, they could go in one of those directions, but regardless, only one quarterback's going to get taken there. Um, I, I think the Giants could take a quarterback. They probably should. I don't know that they will. And then Arizona is a massive wild card. They currently are picking number one right now, but they technically have Kyler Murray who might be back this way. Uh, I, I, Jonathan Gannon said his quote was, we'll decide the starting quarterback on the plane. Um. So that's yeah. That's a real good way to run your organization. Uh, but we could see Kyler Murray as soon as this week. Maybe then next Chicago
4: week. has two and three back-to-back as of right now. Correct.
3: And so you would assume that they would want Caleb uh, – if Arizona d- isn't taking a quarterback uh, and they are riding with Kyler Murray, they would probably go for either Marvin Harrison, one of the tackles, Those would probably be my top three uh, just because I don't think that there's a defensive player worth the same kind of value that those guys are. Uh, And then you're sitting at Chicago back to back, which they would my assumption as of right now would probably go Caleb Williams and a tackle like that's just kind of how it looks right now, which means that the Giants are now picking at four with uh, Drake May on the board and then, you know, uh, maybe the second-best tackle in the draft and whoever the best defensive player in the, is in the draft at the time. What about so, the teams
4: that are, like, nipping on the heels? Because it's, like, right behind New England. It's Green Bay, Indy, Vegas, Denver, Washington.
3: Yeah, so you're you're kind of in a good spot, right? Because you've already lost to uh, the Vegas Raiders. So you don't really have to... If you, you know, end up tying them in record, you technically are above them because they already beat you. So they get the head-to-head there. You face Indianapolis next week, so... Theoretically, you could just, you know, lose that game and s- make sure I, by losing to Indianapolis, if you if if you lose to Washington this week, you have to lose to Indianapolis next week because then you're almost guaranteeing yourself a top six pick in the draft, guaranteeing yourself a top six pick because you're not going to be. Kansas City. You're probably not going to beat Buffalo for a second time. Uh, somehow the Steelers are like 5-2, and 6-2. and two. I don't know how that's happening. That Apparently you're not going to be able to beat the Steelers either. And so the end of your schedule will be uh, a little tough. Right now you're in that marshmallow area of your schedule where you're going to get Washington, Indianapolis, and the Giants. So again, this is the perfect opportunity to move your draft stock. If you want a higher pick, you want to lose to Indianapolis, Washington, and the Giants if you're just, I'm playing to win games even right, though right. I can't make the playoffs, <laughs> right. uh, then you're know it's you going to come out and win and you're going to be probably
1: somewhere in that eight to nine range, That's which kind of sucks. Yeah, so that was my biggest question is kind of where the Patriots end up in the draft and at what point is it like, all right, we're not picking a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So you think it's more of a, if they're within the top eight, they're taking a quarterback. Anything after that is a question mark. Yeah, and and you well, know, not necessarily Belichick will pick a lineman.
3: Yeah, like so, I, I, if if the Patriots picked at six, yep, and they drafted Joe Alt, who's like the or Fuaga, Taliz Fuaga, Taliz Fuaga, I think it's Taliz Taliz Fuaga, uh, like one of the top tackles. I wouldn't be shocked, right? Like it's just, I'm gonna I'm gonna breathe a giant sigh. And I'm going to be like, ah, great. We get to deal with Mac Jones again for another year. And I'm going to be really upset about it. Mm. But, like, I. Wouldn't be stunned if they took a tackle in the top six or seven.
1: Right, because that's again too with Belichick. How many times has he picked somebody and you are like, okay, that's who I thought it was going to be. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't listen to us. He doesn't listen no, to the. He experts. doesn't listen to he anybody. This, right. He dressed Cole Strange at a UT
3: Chattanooga with the twenty eighth pick in the draft or whatever. It right. Was. Right. It was
1: Cole Strange. It was Cole Strange was the pick with the Rams. Guys were going all in on yeah, him. They know, were right? laughing. laughing it at was yeah. That. McVay and uh, whoever the GM is. Those like, two guys like Hammond at the <laughs> table, just talking. Like, wait, they picked who? <laughs> That was great. That's such a funny... There needs to be more of that. There really needs to be more of that where it's like guys are just letting loose and just mocking other teams' drafts. That
3: happened with the Justin Jefferson draft, too, because uh, if you remember... The Eagles traded up, and Minnesota's like, "Oh crap, they're going to take Justin Jefferson." Yep. And they draft Jalen Rager, <laughs> yep. who, by the way, now a New England Patriot. And Minnesota starts laughing their ass off in the draft room, like, "Yeah, we don't just
1: put the ticket in; we're taking Justin Jefferson." We need more of that during draft day.
3: Oh, I need, I,
0: I
1: need a just a couple. Every yeah, here is a couple people that are, their main job is really, this. really just win. Oh my, UT Chattanooga to the first round. Hey,
0: where is? How about that? And we wasted our time watching him thinking he'd be at 104, hey, maybe. No.
1: Just real. Just real <laughs> what commentary. It was four? Uh, 104, right? <laughs> right. 104.
3: But, like, that's kind of where we are as, uh, with the Patriots, right? We're we're too busy taking a guy to UT Chattanooga in the first round right. when we could have traded that first-round pick and given a big contract to a guy like Tyreek Hill or gotten A.J. Brown. Nope. It's just, oh. Uh, Those are the moves that have defined where the Patriots are right now because you hate Mac Jones, love Mac Jones, whatever it is, everything else, you can build a good team around a quarterback and just kind of figure it out. I mean, uh, look at the 49ers, the perfect example, Uh, or look at the Eagles, they just kind of stumble into Jalen Hurts, who just kept getting better. It's... You just got to build a really good roster, and the Patriots have failed to do that. They've missed on a couple very important picks. Cole Strange, in my opinion, sucks. Yep. What a waste of a first-round pick! I hate picking guards in the first round, anyways. And you took one out of UT Chattanooga, <laughs> who Sean McVay didn't believe would be the, would be, believe would be there at one o four. That's where we are. This is where we've ended up. It's just it's it's depressing, and I don't. I don't know that it's a quick fix. No. Mike Lombardi will tell you that this roster is talented. I believe there's some talent on the roster right now. All of it's injured. Yeah. Uh, but I believe there is some, at least a minimal amount of talent on this roster. But
4: from like, the past three drafts, is there anyone you could build the team around? So I think the Christian Gonzalez yeah.
3: and, and Keon White to me uh, look like two home run picks on the defensive side of the ball. Like yep. those guys right away, I would say absolutely, uh, you can probably build a team around and, and at least a defense right right but offensively there's not there's just nobody the only top round pick you've used on an offensive player is Cole Strange and Tyquan Thornton Taquan Thornton can't stay on the field he probably stinks anyways and then Cole Strange sucks and he's a guard you don't build a team around one guard
1: so it's that's, that's like when, the biggest issue. When Jacksonville first came around. It was Tony Baselli. was <laughs> like your big, like, Oh, we got Baselli. It's like, all right, here we go. Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. No,
3: there's no, it's just, first of all, if you're going to build anything around an offensive lineman, it's a tackle like Joe Thomas type tackle, where he's going to be an eight straight all pros. And he's probably going to be a hall of famer. Or, or, you know, if, if, if you're really going to pick a guard, it's Zach Martin who is on, on Dallas and he just kicked ass forever. Tackle, tackle,
1: tackle, tackle, tackle. Get a freaking tackle.
3: I would have loved a freaking tackle. But instead, you're drafting City So, who's in like the bottom 10 percentile uh, length of arms, and you're like, yes, let's draft a guard to play tackle. He's sucked there all year. You finally put him at guard. He's okay because Mike Onwenu's next to him, and Mike Onwenu can literally play any position on the offensive line. It's just there's no... Happy medium with Belichick. It's like, "Mm, I could hit on a couple first-round picks. I'm going to miss. You just, odds are, in the NFL draft, you're going to swing and miss. It is what it is. That's just the math. Football
1: isn't a a sport where you can... Hit go 300 and be good. No. You know what I mean?
3: This is also not a perfect science. Like some guy was uh, making fun of me on the text line. You had Zach Wilson super high on your draft board when he got drafted. Yes, so did literally everyone else on the planet. He was the consensus. When I say consensus, I mean legitimate consensus number two pick in the NFL draft. I think everyone swung
1: and missed. It's not an exact science. You're going to miss sometimes. Yeah, but he does, that guy doesn't have a text line to those other people. So no, you're, you're, the, right. you're the one who has to catch I the traffic. No.
3: Yeah, exactly. I catch the bullets for that. 617 779 nine, seven ninety three seven. if you want to weigh in on this Patriots team, on the future, on what the hell they're going to do in the draft, because Lord knows that Bill Belichick will probably, we will probably be welcoming in an offensive tackle with like the seventh pick in the draft next year. And that's just kind of how... <sighs> yeah, I you this but
4: you I guys know. agree that's where the rebuild is going to start or where it has to start is it, by drafting well.
3: Yeah, no, oh, 100%. Yeah, like, yeah. But luckily for you, you're also going to have $100 million in cap space. So, like, you can – I think there's something to the fact that, you know, when Devin McCordy was on with the Greg Hill Show, he talked about how you can sign established guys. You can re-sign Kyle Duggar. It's okay. You can re-sign Mike on Wenu and pay him a little bit more than you want to pay him so that he's on the roster and so that you have a legitimate NFL player on your offensive line. It's okay to do that. You're allowed to pay players that you found in the 6th, 7th round undrafted and pay them just because they've produced in your system. You're allowed to do that. Look at Jacoby Myers. Guy's popping off in Vegas now, and and you were like, mm, no, let's bring in Juju Smith-Schuster. That's a really good idea. No, you can pay guys on your roster. You can also pay established NFL veterans because that's that's what you do. You build a roster by drafting well and then bringing in a couple guys to kind of fill in the cracks, and that can help you. Matt Judon, great example. Good bring in. Hunter Henry, Maybe he's a little overpriced. Not a bad bring in. Like he was great his first season here, and he's good
1: this year. Like it's just, uh it's frustrating, Billy. I don't I, like. I just I don't know what to do with this team. No, I get it. I get it. And that's again, it comes back to we were so lucky for so long where we didn't have to think of these little things. You had Brady, who was the cure all. You, you know, it yeah. Was, you had that as a as a backup plan, and it's been. Three years without it, and you're still really kind of like, where does it go from here type thing?
3: And so I talk, and I mentioned like middle round draft picks, right, and and promise. So this year's draft class, you had Keon White, Christian Gonzalez. Really good, a lot of promise there. Unfortunately, Gonzalez is out injured for the rest of the year. Keon White's kind of been in and out with uh, concussion issues, but I'm hoping that's not going to be anything that's long-term, right? So third round. You drafted a linebacker slash safety out of Sacramento State who got absolutely torched in that Miami game yep. in Marte Mapu. That, that, he, he has made a very big impact on the field. Then you drafted a center in Jake Andrews in the fourth round. I haven't even seen him take. I, I, luckily for you, David Andrews has played every snap, so he hasn't needed to take a snap, but even still, I haven't, I haven't noticed him. Great pick. Then you took a kicker. In the fourth round, a kicker who has been better of late, which is good, not great overall. It was one of those, did, did somebody pick
1: a kicker before?
3: Oh, yeah, San Francisco. I was going to say, Moody. it one of those,
1: was like one of those yeah. fantasy football things? Like, everybody's like, okay, I'm not going to pick a tight end until, like, this round. <laughs> until somebody else does. And then does. somebody picks him, you're like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. I got to do I it. I got to get a tight end. I got to put the I'm trigger down. Get him. Oh, I got to get, get a kicker. Get him in here.
3: It's like, and then... And then you draft uh City sao antonio maffi back to back in the in the fourth and fifth rounds in the sixth round. you take Kayshawn Booty, who's been a healthy scratch since week one. then you take a punter in the sixth round. Update: You can get punters and kickers like undrafted and in free agency. Look at the guy the Cowboys have; he hasn't like missed a field goal to start his career yet. He <laughs> he was literally doing analytics and data input like four years ago. Um, and then and then DeMario Douglas looks
1: like a like looks like he could be a hit. And then a couple corners. Your ownership owns the medicine. Revs. There's got to be somebody on the revs right, who's, a, who's dial- a bottom up. of the roster guy for the revolution that, like you know, let's see if he can kick it over the bar.
3: Andrew Farrell probably wants to retire soon from soccer. Let's get him in here. He <laughs> played defense. Like let's 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 do that. Uh, Mike Michael in the car wants to talk about. Uh, I assume he wants to talk about Fashanu because it says tackle from Penn State. Hello, Michael.
0: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? What's up, Michael? Listen, I'm a firm believer that if we get in that top five, we got to grab that tackle. I think that this kid potentially, like everyone in the first round, potentially could be a stud. And I just wonder what Shine thinks about it because he seems to think he's Jimmy the Greek. So what are you you thinking on that part? Appreciate the call, Michael. Uh,
3: I wouldn't say I'm Jimmy the Greek. I'm more uh, I don't even know. I, oh, no, I'm more I'm you better than, you're more better Todd than Kuiper, right? Yeah, damn right. Yeah, you're better better mock draft than Mel Kuyper. You remember that. I um, but no, no, no. So that's the, the guy he's talking about, Olu fashanu who I have mentioned, is the tackle out of Penn State. He's the best pass blocker in the draft. It's not even close. Like, this guy is a stud pass protector. Um, he needs to work on some stuff in the run game. Uh, I need to watch more film on him. I'll be honest. I haven't watched a ton. He plays for Penn State. Hasn't played in the biggest games this year. Year, so I haven't watched him a ton, but he is the best pass blocking tackle in foot in college football. But is uh, he a top he's a top 10 guy? Yeah, he's yeah, gonna be yeah. the number one
1: tackle teacher. Gotcha. Right.
3: My my assumption is he won't be there when the Patriots pick. 617 779 7 If you want to weigh in this morning, 37937, if you want to text in. Uh, this is the WEI producer show with Shime and Lanny.
4: Love the
1: flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile.
5: Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west
3: This is the WEEI producer show right here on Boston Sports Original WEEI. We've been uh, complaining about how the Patriots are hopeless, and uh, we've been talking about the draft a little bit because that's where where we we are. are. That's (laughs) the only hope there is. All right, let's pivot. And talk about something where there might be a little bit of hope. Uh, Craig Breslow is the new chief baseball operator or chief of baseball operations. Uh, Chief baseball officer. Chief baseball
1: officer. I don't know if it comes with a badge, but he's an officer.
3: Cool. Chief baseball officer for your Boston Red Sox. (laughs) He should have a badge. Yeah, just badge. It says chief. Chief. Chief baseball (laughs) officer for uh, your Boston Red Sox. And uh, you guys actually had him on the Gresham Fourier program we this week. If you missed that, you can go find it uh, anywhere you get podcasts. Just search Gresham Fourier. You can also get it video on demand on YouTube. You can go back and check out the clip if you want to see the guys' reactions to Craig Breslow as well. Gresh was pretty funny when he was asking about Shohei Otani.
1: But Billy, I wanted to, I wanted to get your first impression of Craig Breslow. I love him. I like it because I respect the fact that he came right out and said he's a nerd. I think that's huge. So revel like in it, to, baby. Yeah, you know what Admit I mean? It. Embrace embrace the I nerd. understand
4: that some of you will see me as another Ivy League nerd with nerd. a baseball front office <laughs> I, job. Love it. I just think it's Love it. it's true.
1: Yes. It's <laughs> I just true. think it's great the fact that he actually used that nerd the word nerd. Yeah. Like because he knows that's how people feel about the state of baseball. It's like this is just run by nerds. But I like the fact that he has a player background, so he knows what it's like to be in a dugout when a team is a piece away from being good. He knows what it's like to be in a where players are frustrated with what's going on and know that, again, that they're a piece away from something. He knows when things are bad. He knows when things are good. It's a good combination of those two things that he admits to being a nerd. He's a former player. He's one here. He knows the environment here. I think it's I think it's a good thing because, again, for a while we have to trust these nerds. We were, sp- we were led to believe that these guys know what they're doing. They have the computers. They have the notes. But I like the fact that Breslow has player experience that can allow him to connect to the players that he's bringing in, the players that he has, almost as how Cora does in the dugout. And I think that's an important— These are the notes we have. These are the statistics that we have. But deep down, we're players. We know what it's like to be on the field during good times and bad times. And I
3: I think that's an important note, too, is I I think the relationship between Cora and Craig Breslow should be far better than— the rumored, uneasy relationship between Cora and Hein Bloom, right? Yep. Because I, I feel like a guy like Craig Breslow, like you said, he was a player, just like Alex Cora. He's going to understand the trials and tribulations and, and emotional swings that go on through a clubhouse, and he's going to be able to connect with Cora on those things and I, I guess just be on the same page, right? Yep. Not have players openly asking for pitching and then get nothing and then Cora be making backhanded comments against the roster. Right. Right? Like, I think... Anything that goes on going forward, I feel like
1: Cora and Craig Breslow should be on the same page. Yeah, because they have that common ground. Yeah. They share that common ground. Cora and Bloom didn't have it. They might have seen eye-to-eye in the statistics and the stats and what the Excel spreadsheet says. But when it comes down to it, it's like you have put on a uniform. You have been on the field during crap times. You have been in clubhouses where players are checking out that's the thing. That's the, that's their common ground. I think it's a good thing. Uh, Let's go to Joe and Lowell wants to talk about Craig Breslow. Go ahead, Joe.
0: Yeah, guys, I really liked uh, Craig Breslow's press conference where he was reciting a poem about the crisp autumn air (laughs) while he sits on the mound at Fenway park. And he can um, relate to the players in that aspect. I'm like, what was this guy talking about? And then he went to go explain the definition of consistency to everybody. Yeah, I think we understand when you're talking about consistency, you mean year after year. I wasn't impressed with the guy's press conference whatsoever.
1: Okay, thanks he for the did, call, Joe. You know? his, his press conference you know, did come off as extremely, like if you didn't think so, you would have thought he was just reading
4: it right off a sheet. Pretty hokey. I know yeah. what it's like to put on a Red Sox jersey, to jog through the bullpen gate across freshly cut outfield grass. It
3: sounds like a Twitter video. It sounds like a preseason Twitter video to get you like hyped up for the yep. Red Sox season, and like Craig Breslow standing there on the mound in like his shirt and tie, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm ready for this." Right.
1: And it- right. The breeze just slightly blowing the tide just enough. Like, ah, oh, that's fall breeze. That's what we're waiting for.
3: I, look, I, you may not be impressed with Craig Breslow so far. I think it's we're
1: moving in the right direction at least. Be. You shouldn't be because we really don't know.
3: We know nothing yet.
1: It, it'll come down. You know,
3: the world series is finally over. We'll be able to start getting gearing up for free agency and making trades here in the off season. And once the off season gets going, we'll really have a good idea of exactly what Craig Breslow will be with your Boston Red Sox. That hell, that will do it here for the, uh, W E I producer show for shine and Lanny. Thank you so much for tuning in on this crisp Saturday morning on a crisp fall day. As Craig Breslow would say, uh, um, Uh, Ken and Curtis are up next. Keep it locked right here for them. And we will be back next Saturday. See ya.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today.